1: scary movie what's the boogeyman you hang up on me again i'll cut you like a fish understand it's showtime hello everybody and welcome to you can't kill the boogeyman podcast i'm your host robbie i'm sammy and this is a special episode. We are doing Halloween 1978. Yeah, the we're very kicking first off. One new section, new series. New series. There we're up. done with Scream. Mm-hmm. We're moving on to Halloween with Ooh, John Carpenter,
0: which has a lot of movies. <laughs> and a lot
1: of movies. So, oh, yeah. Yep.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. So it's the night he came home. Okay. Are you ready for Halloween?
1: Man. As a matter of fact, it was. D- Don't you think watching Halloween is just iconic? You have to watch this to actually it's like a get definite, ready.
0: Yeah, a classic.
1: For Halloween? Mm-hmm. For the classic. spooky season?
0: I mean, there's a reason why this house is always at the Horror Nights, right? Really. Absolutely. I mean, it's iconic to go in there and. Yeah. Revisit the house.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
0: All right. You want a summary for this one?
1: Yep. Let's hear it.
0: 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois to kill again. So we moved from Woodsboro, California, all the way out to the middle with Haddonfield.
1: That's Awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Get a little bit of a scene change. Yeah. This movie came out October 25th,
1: 1978.
0: Okay. Rated R, of course. Of course. Genre, holiday. Holiday? I mean, Halloween. So, yeah. I guess. It's called Halloween. Horror, mystery, and thriller.
1: Okay. I can see that.
0: Director is, of course, the iconic John Carpenter. Yes. Yeah. Produced by Deborah Hill, also iconic, and John Carpenter. Written by the same two, Deborah Hill and John Carpenter. This movie made 1.2, almost 1.3 million from 198 theaters across the U.S. in its opening week. 198 theaters, that's not very many. Wow,
1: no, it's not. It's a small release. And it made...
0: Its overall box office gross in the U.S. was 47.5 million.
1: Well, no wonder they got another sequel. And
0: its budget, 300,000.
1: So how much did they make on a wedding week?
0: One point, almost 1.3 million.
1: That's not very much at all.
0: But it was it, only in 198 theaters it, and their budget was $300,000. They did make, make the so, budget. yeah, back. I would say that's successful.
1: Absolutely. Especially Regardless. In oh, I made my budget back. Great.
0: This movie runs at an hour and 31 minutes. and was distributed by Compass International Pictures.
1: Are they even still in business? I
0: don't even know if this is a thing because it quickly moves on to other distributors. I'm sure. It has a ninety-six percent rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. It's a high rating from critics.
1: Yeah, it is. Audiences
0: on Rotten Tomatoes give it an eighty nine percent.
1: Okay. And it's sitting
0: at a seven point seven out of ten on IMDB. So it's got some good good. and I I can see
1: Yeah, I can see why. Yeah.
0: All right, so despite being set in Haddonfield, Illinois, it was actually filmed in California. Really? Yes.
1: With the the three leaves, four leaves you see in the beginning?
0: Oh, these people. I, I don't know if I have anything about the leaves, but I have something in my head if I didn't write it down. All right, so the Wallace home is actually on Orange Grove Avenue in Hollywood. The intersection where Michael drives behind Dr. Loomis, who's by the hardware store, uh-huh. is Meridian Avenue and Mission Street in South Pasadena, in case you want to go hunting, because many people have done this, like Absolutely. gone to find these places. The graveyard is in Sierra Madre Pioneer, is the Sierra Madre Pioneer Cemetery. Okay. If you're looking for the graveyard.
1: So when we go out to L.A., we can definitely hit up some of these. Go
0: wander around a graveyard. Yep annie's house is on annie's house the hedge scene the myers home are all near each other no oh, i'm sorry annie's house the hedge scene and linda's house are all near each other on montrose avenue right the myers home is on mission street
1: okay i don't think it's there anymore
0: oh uh, i'm not sure i know people have driven around to look at these places and i think I don't, it
1: was torn down
0: it may have been i'm not sure to be honest with you the Doyle House is on Orange Grove Avenue. The phone booth that appears is at Bree Canyon Road and Old Ranch Road in City of Industry, California. I don't know, never heard of that.
1: No, Obviously by. in the middle
0: of nowhere. Which, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's see, the hardware store, as we said, that's on Mission Street in South Pasadena.
1: Breaks Tom- in.
0: Yep. Tommy Doyle School is actually Garfield Elementary.
1: The boogeyman's gonna get you. The boogeyman's gonna get you.
0: Oh my gosh. And so Montrose Avenue and Oxley Street in South Pasadena is the establishing shot where okay. we're seeing the the fall. Okay, as you said, the with the, the four leaves, with the four leaves where it's the Haddonfield, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah.
1: I know they had to reuse them like mm-hmm. they would shoot. that's it, what I
0: was gonna say they, they had to re- pick them up pick
1: them all up before they scattered <laughs> they didn't
0: have like anything
1: so yeah that's
0: what I was gonna share yeah that yeah. always corrects mm-hmm. me up these these people probably hated their lives having to pick up these stupid leaves
1: the things you do to produce movies.
0: <sighs> really and truly all right so our cast our iconic cast from 1978 we have Donald Pleasance as Dr Sam Lunas
1: he was the biggest actor mm-hmm. in these that's why they got it greenlit because mm-hmm. of him
0: Jamie Lee Curtis makes her appearance as Laurie Strode. As we all know now, nowadays, not back then, she was not a big name. Nope. Now, obviously the ties have turned. Nick Castle plays Michael Myers, AKA The Shape, as he was called in this movie. PJ Souls is Linda. Nancy Kyes is Annie. (laughs) Charles Cyphers is Sheriff Lee Brackett. Kyle Richards is Lindsay Wallace. Brian Andrews is Tommy Doyle. John Michael Graham is Bob Sims. Nancy Stevens is Marion Chambers. We've got Arthur Mallett as Angus Taylor. Mickey Yow- Yablins as Richie Castle. I'm sorry, okay. I probably said that wrong. Brentley Page as Lonnie Elm. Elm. Adam Hollander is Keith. Sandy Johnson is Judith Margaret Myers. David Kyle is Danny Hodges. Peter Griffith is Morgan Strode. And Robert Fallon as Dr. Terrence Wynn. But yeah, so there's a lot of... A lot of people I don't recognize
1: <laughs> the names. Right. This.
0: <laughs> but people I do know from watching the movie. So there you
1: go. That's why it's interesting to mm-hmm. have you read the, the cast and crew. I know. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. Dr. Loomis, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis, Nick Castle. Nick Castle is so famous those, now. Yeah. Those are the three iconic people you think mm-hmm. of when you, you think of Halloween. this movie.
0: Yep. All right. So this movie was filmed on a Panavision Panaflex Panavision C series lenses. Okay. There you go. I think we have seen that pop up before. Half of the three hundred thousand dollar budget was spent on the Panavision cameras, so the film would have a two point three five to one scope. Okay. Donald Pleasance was paid twenty thousand dollars for five days
1: of work. Wow, because he was the biggest actor.
0: <laughs> yep, he sure was. It was the movie was shot in twenty days in the spring of nineteen seventy eight. Yep. Yeah, that's not too long 20 days.
1: They really bang that out
0: mm-hmm. as the film was shot out of sequence John Carpenter created a fear meter so that Jamie Lee Curtis would know what level of terror she should be exhibiting. Okay, I thought that was pretty clever of them to help her out because yeah. she's like go well, have I seen him have I not seen him where are yeah. we had in this right Deborah Hill wrote most of the dialogue for the female characters while John Carpenter concentrated on Dr. Loomis's speeches. I think that's really important to have a woman writing for a, a female woman, character. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that.
1: So i I'm So, glad to so you connect. So you connect well with the characters. I mean, well, in a way, extent. I guess, yeah. yeah. But I
0: mean, it—the dialogue would seem more realistic having someone who's actually a woman right. write the dialogue. You know? Right. I think that was a good choice. All of the actors wore their own clothes because there was no money for costume department. I can see that. Jamie Lee Curtis went to J.C. Penny for Laurie Strode's wardrobe, and she spent less than $100 for the entire set.
1: And that was back in 1977?
0: Yeah, 19, no, we said spring of 1978. Eight, seven, yeah. So yeah. Yep, but less than $100 on her entire wardrobe. You and be- she shot the film while she was on hiatus from the sitcom Operation Petticoat.
1: Well, back in those days, you could probably do that. Go to J.C. JCPenney's and spend less than a hundred mm-hmm. bucks. Well, I don't blame her though. She's
0: not going to spend a lot of her own money. Absolutely. I mean, now she
1: has the money, but back
0: then she's probably like, hell oh, no, no, this no. is going to be a lot of money for me. The dark lighting in the movie comes from necessity because the crew didn't have enough money for more lights.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yep. So that's part of that reason. As the movie was actually shot in early spring in Southern California, as opposed to October really? in Illinois, the crew had to buy paper leaves from a decorator and paint them to the desired autumn color, scatter them in the filming locations, Wait. and then after the scene was filmed, collect them to reuse them.
1: Wait a minute. You're telling me you don't shoot a horror movie in the actual month? You have to shoot it beforehand?
0: Yeah, and paint leaves. Really? Tell to bring me, with you.
1: Tell me more.
0: And paint the leaves tell to bring me with more. you. However, as Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter note on the DVD audio commentary, the trees are quite full and green, and even some palm trees can be seen, despite that in Illinois in October, the leaves would probably be mostly gone, and there definitely would be no palm trees.
1: No, there wouldn't, but you know. It is what it is. There are things the audience will forgive.
0: Uh, yeah, And anymore. that's one of
1: them. Mm-hmm. The only thing audience will not forgive is bad audio. That's the one thing that you cannot get away with. Mm-hmm. Got to make sure our audio is correct.
0: I could see that. Jamie Lee Curtis, this was her first feature film, and she was paid $8,000.
1: Eight grand. Yes. Eight big ones. There you
0: go. John Carpenter composed the score for this movie in four days.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Insane. And, and it's like iconic. iconic yeah. Like everybody knows those Michael Myers little tinkle. you know, when it comes. The Myers House was a local find in South Pasadena, as we said, uh, that was largely the decrepit abandoned place that was seen in the majority of the film. All scenes that took place in the present day were therefore shot first. Because the house had to look ordinary and furnished for early scenes with young Michael Myers, those were shot last. Almost the whole cast and crew worked together to clean up the place, move in furniture, put up wallpaper, paint. The walls and set up running water and electricity whenever they filmed, wow. and then take it out when they were done. Shooting the scene in a single take reportedly took an entire night of filming and only stopped because the sunlight started to come in. Wow! Jeez, Louise, that's a lot. Sounds like a lot of work. Holy cow!
1: What you do, just shoot movies, huh?
0: When they were shooting films for shooting scenes for the start of the film, all of the ones you know where Michael's the kid, Michael's looking out. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get the six-year-old child actor until the last day, so the movie's producer Deborah Hill volunteered to be Michael for any of the scenes where his hands come into view. That's why the nails on Michael's hands look so well manicured. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, Deborah. She just steps up where she's needed.
1: That's what you do as Early, a producer. Really truly, that's
0: that's what she does. The opening shot, because I think I have another. Let's oh, go go back to that. Another note about something else Deborah did for the movie. The opening shot appears to be a single tracking point of view shot, but there are actually three cuts, which I I don't think you can tell when you're watching the movie. Okay. The Panavision cameras could only hold about five minutes of footage. Okay. So the first cut is when the mask goes on, the second and third after the murder has taken place and the sheep is exiting the room. This was done to make the point of view appear to move faster. Okay. But I don't think you can really tell. I don't think you can really tell I don't remember either. noticing. So maybe you noticed. Out there in listening land, but I didn't notice.
1: I didn't notice either.
0: All right. So we got lots of killer facts for you. Body count seven.
1: Only seven in this? Mm-hmm.
0: Judith Myers, unnamed truck driver, two dogs. Really, Michael? Two dogs.
1: Two dogs okay.
0: Linda, Bob,
1: Annie. Okay.
0: So there you go. Judith Myers was stabbed nine times. I have never counted it. But there you go. Nine times with a butcher knife. There you go. The mechanic guy. I mean, we don't really know exactly what happened. Obviously, Michael killed him and stole his outfit. So Because
1: he he died off screen.
0: Yeah. We don't see him die. We just know he died by Michael and Michael stole his clothes.
1: That's when Loomis runs into the truck stop and Mm -hmm. tries to shoot him. Right? Yeah. Does he... Maybe I'm getting it confused. I
0: think that's a different.
1: That, uh, that's a different one. I'm sorry.
0: I get these mixed up too, though.
1: That's when the. It's we'll... not
0: like Scream where it's like different killers. It's right. always Michael. So you're just like, which Michael right. which was one? this? Which, which one? Which movie yeah. was this? I don't think that was in the first one. I don't one, think though. that
1: was in the first one. Yeah. I'm getting that confused with one of them.
0: Annie was strangled and her throat slit with the bircher knife. Bob was stabbed through the chest with the butcher knife. This doesn't adequately explain though, because Bob is like up on the, the wall,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's it's a little bit gruesome.
1: Bob has had the ghost outfit. Well,
0: that. Michael put the ghost outfit on and his stole his glasses. Right, right. To be yes. like, creepy. Yep. Linda was strangled to death with the phone cord. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's how, how everybody died. Aside from the dialogue, the script cites Michael Myers by name only two times. In the opening scene, he is called a called a point of view until he's revealed at the age of six, because they call out to Michael, right. like the parents do. right? And then from the rest of the script on out, he's referred to as the shape until Lori rips his mask off in the final scene, which never gets reapplied in the script. The shape is credited in the film. And that refers to the fact that the mask is, like, obscured. But, okay. But yeah, when they credit him in the, the film, they just call him the shape. They don't yeah. call him Michael Myers right. ever. Right. Yeah. So the adult Michael Myers was portrayed by Nick Castle in almost every scene except for some pickup shots and the unmasking scene where he was replaced by Tony Moran. Really? Castle was a school buddy of John Carpenter and was on set just to watch the movie be filmed. It was at the suggestion of John Carpenter that he took up the role of Michael Myers as he was tall and had what Carpenter considered an interesting walk. <laughs> Castle admitted he was disappointed to not be the face shown, but understood that Carpenter wanted a more angelic face to juxtapose with Michael's ghastly deeds. Castle has gone to has gone on to become a successful director.
1: I, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so good for him. Yes. For years after halloween was released people would tell writer director john carpenter how horrified they were by michael myers grotesquely disfigured face glimpsed when laurie pulls back his mask for a moment towards the end but all you actually see was an ordinary face of the actor as we said tony moran playing the role perfectly normal except for the small knife wound that was inflicted by laurie during their struggle in the closet
1: i was going to say i don't remember it being just figured this is not like Jason or nope. something.
0: Carpenter cites this as evidence of the power of suggestion in cinema that the audience saw a monster on screen and assumed he must look like a monster underneath the mask. Yeah. I think that was very interesting. The, People are like horrified by him, but he didn't look scary.
1: The few times you actually see Michael Myers without his mask, mm-hmm. he just looks like a normal guy.
0: Mm-hmm. So there you go. The power of suggestion. The only blood seen in the movie is when Judith Myers is killed, when Lori discovers the dangling body of Bob and laid out body of Annie, whose throat was slit. And the body of the man that Michael killed after he stole his clothes and Loomis makes the phone call on the railroad tracks. It's also seen on Lori's hand and arm after she escapes from Michael. Right. So it's really not an overly, like, gory movie.
1: Right. At the end of the day.
0: You have to think, like, things you don't see.
1: I feel like he took a lot from Hitchcock. Because mm-hmm. Hitchcock did a lot power of suggestion, yes, you know exactly. things like that. That's where John Carpenter filled in the gap. That's what makes it scary, and that's why this movie is so iconic. Mm-hmm. Is the power of suggestion? Not yes. that it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Your mind thinks it happened. Yes, and this could actually happen. This yeah. movie, the, out of all the movies, this one could actually happen. True. So that's why it's true. Uh, let's see. Hold on.
0: All right, so this is the first of two films in the series where anyone calls Michael the boogeyman. The second is in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers.
1: And we'll get to all the other Halloween movies. We will.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. In the documentary short Halloween Unmasked 2000, uh, which was actually made in 1999, (laughs) it was revealed (laughs) that the crew had chosen two masks for Michael Myers to decide on. The first was a Don Post emmett kelly smiling clown mask okay that they put frizzy red hair on i just i'm trying to imagine this and it sounds ridiculous yeah yeah this was an homage to how he killed his sister judith in the clown costume they tested it out and it appeared very demented and creepy oh god i don't like clowns like that neither do i this is now it's getting worse
1: can you i bet you're excited when we actually watch the movie it
0: I might not really watch it. Oh, yeah. I might just sit
1: like that when with we do, my eyes covered. When we do Stephen I King. hate
0: clowns.
1: That's an iconic movie I as well. I
0: hate them. There was like that, one of those stupid horror houses that we went to and had like, like the crazed clown or whatever. You remember? Oh my God, it's terrible.
1: We were in there and they, I was not paying attention. I, I have something wrong with my neck. And the guy stood in my blind spot. Uh-huh. Like I can't turn my head to the, to the left. So if you stand this way and to the left of me, I mm-hmm. have to actually turn my body. Yeah. And he ended up st- standing in my blind spot. And then I turned around and I almost hit him. Do you remember that? Yes. I was like, I drew my fist up and uh, I was like, wait a minute. You can't hit the it's actor. actor. It's, it's okay. an actor.
0: We're not going to injure anybody but today. He,
1: I could actually see her, see the fear in his eyes. Oh,
0: God. So the other mask, obviously, was the 1975 Captain James T. Kirk mask that was purchased for around (laughs) a dollar. It had, had no money. It had the eyebrows and sideburns ripped off, the face painted fish belly white, and the hair was spray painted brown. The eyes were opened up more. They tested out the Kirk mask and the crew decided it was much more creepy because it was emotionless. And obviously, this became the iconic Michael Myers mask.
1: I wonder what R- William Shatner thinks of that.
0: I, he probably just wants money from his.
1: Well, <laughs> from do you think things. they would actually? Because.
0: It technically is not the same mask because they colored it, they changed right. the eyes, they painted it. Right. You the, can't the hair, really too. Yeah. So. They ripped off parts of the hair. So, yeah, I don't know. It's not really the same.
1: No, no copyright there.
0: John Carpenter's intent with the character of Michael Myers was that the audience should never be able to relate to him.
1: Uh, he's doing a great job.
0: I, yeah, I don't see what would be relatable. No, no. The stabbing sound effect is actually a knife stabbing a watermelon. So there's a fun behind the scenes. Okay, I you. can see that. Yeah, I like interesting things like that. In a 2010 documentary, it was revealed that five different people dressed as the shape throughout the movie. Right, Nick Castle, obviously Nick Castle. Tony Moran, as we said, he was unmasked by Laurie Strode. Stuntman, James Winburn. Makes sense. They have to have a stuntman available. Mm -hmm. Production designer, Tommy Lee Wallace due to his knowledge of how much force would be needed to break props during action scenes. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. And co-writer producer, Deborah Hill. Yeah. In the external wide shot when Tommy sees the shape for
1: the the first time. The boogeyman, the boogeyman.
0: Yes. Yep. Tony had stated that no one told him until he arrived on set that he'd be wearing a mask. And Deborah explained that she happened to bring the costume with her that day and no one else was available.
1: You know, when you're looking at that scene and Doyle, Tommy Doyle's looking out, you can tell it's somebody different. Like because shorter. He, yeah, he's shorter.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You. That's how you can tell mm-hmm. it's Deborah Hill.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Yep. She's not as tall as Nick Castle. So I always think that's funny though that she did that. To ensure Michael Myers would break the window of the station wagon as Dr. Loomis approaches the insane asylum, a wrench was adhered to his fore- forearm and hand. It was painted flesh colored to hide from the camera, but you can still see it in the R- shot.
1: So they taped it, and
0: yeah, if you really look at the shot, you can see that it's a. Freaking All right,
1: wrench. I will have to go back and it's, watch. I that. had
0: read that somewhere, so I need to kind of watch that. But you can see it's a freaking wrench. <laughs> that's
1: it. Okay, I'm sure they're like, "Damn, uh, I really wish we could hide that."
0: uh I mean, maybe at some point you should have just been like, "He found it somewhere, and that's how he like just acknowledged that you're going to use something from to break the window." But yeah, it's fine. It it is what it is. So, you do have some horror movie references in this movie. This one, it's not quite like Scream, where Scream, Wes Craven, and Kevin really like to pay homage and references to other movies.
1: Mm-hmm. If you think
0: about it, Halloween's very early. Right. <laughs> so, it kind of makes sense. Don't you
1: think Halloween actually set up? for like movies like scream and everything it, without it one Halloween of, yeah there wouldn't be a I mean you have
0: like Psycho obviously and, was and another Psycho, big influence yeah. yeah but I would say Halloween is a big influence on a lot of horror movies
1: yes That's I agree that.
0: in one of the scenes one can see on TV the original The Thing from Another World movie from 1951
1: when Tommy was watching mm-hmm. that yeah
0: Later, Halloween director John Carpenter made a new adaptation of the same novella, which he simply entitled The Thing. And that was in 1982.
1: That with, oh man, Kirk, not Kirk, but he was in Escape from LA, he was in Big Trouble in Little China, he was Jack Burton. Oh,
0: Kurt Russell?
1: Russell, Kurt.
0: Kurt Russell, right? Kurt Kurt Russell, that's who we're talking about. Like, let me make sure I'm thinking of the right person (laughs) for these movies. He was in The Thing. I did not know that. Okay, cool.
1: We'll have to watch that too.
0: And well, we're going to do another John Carpenter series yep. outside of Halloween. So that will be on the list. They also watch Forbidden Planet from 1956 as well as The Thing. The okay. Thing from Another World, whatever, 1951. So they also watch Forbidden Planet. Both films were frequently aired on network television as Halloween specials in the 70s. So uh, appropriate to Halloween's characteristics of Michael Myers, he credits you know, we said he's called the shape,
1: right? The first
0: movie involves a tall malicious emotionless beings who stalks for blood and is nearly indestructible. The second movie forbidden planet involves a powerful nebulously shaped indestructible manifestation of the id the primal instinctive amoral component of humans who suddenly appears and murders. What the fuck? Okay, okay. What the actual fuck? Yeah. So there you go. Sounds weird. The scene where Laurie and Annie are discussing who Laurie should take to the prom, Annie suggests that Laurie should go with Dick Baxter. Dick Baxter is the name of the first three victims killed in the ghost, killed by the ghost in the fog from
1: 1980.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. Nancy Keys, who plays Annie, is also in that film. Okay. And both movies are directed by John Carpenter.
1: John Carpenter there you go since mm. we're on John Carpenter
0: I feel like this is like a West Craven thing We're like let me reference things that I'm involved in
1: <laughs> when it, I would do like, the same thing
0: I'm not judging it it just it's it seen that's
1: similar. their ego mm-hmm.
0: in the scene where Laurie and Annie smoke a joint on their way to their destination don't fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult can be heard on Annie's car radio a cover version I think we mentioned this plays in the movie scream the 1996 yeah. original so there you go. There's yes. a tie in. And I'm pretty sure we did mention that on screen, but when did to bring yes, it up again. We did. John Carpenter wrote the role of Linda for PJ Souls after seeing her performance in Brian De Palma's Carrie. There's another one for you. Carrie was released in 1976. So just before this one
1: movie.
0: I know you don't You hate on that movie. It wasn't good. But we're going to watch it eventually. I like you're going to make me watch so much I shit. Like you're going to complain about Carrie. Carrie. Well, you're going to have to watch the original Carrie, too. I will watch it. Oh, my gosh. Robert, oh, here's your favorite. Robert Engelt. Yeah. Uh huh. Of a nightmare on Elm Street film series, revealed in an interview that John Carpenter had him throw bags of dead leaves on set for one day. So he was there with the leaves. Well, that's cool. I know, right? Dr. Sam Loomis is Michael Myers' psychiatrist. Sam Loomis is also the name, as we've said multiple times, of Marion Crane's secret lover in Psycho. Coincidentally, Marion Crane was played by Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, Janet Lee. There you go. Star power in that family. All these tie-ins. Tommy Doyle is named after Lieutenant Detective Thomas J. Doyle from the movie Rear Window, 1954. Here you go. I think
1: the development of Tommy in the series is actually mm-hmm. pretty good
0: it's interesting how they did more with his character than and i would have expected
1: the, well i can't wait till we get to that but the actor that they chose to play we'll have to keep
0: big name yeah. actor yeah ah big name actor now big name actor all right we got some general trivia for the movie so according to john carpenter donald pleasance asked him how the director wanted him to react when he looked down and saw that meyer's body had disappeared the actor said there were two ways he could react, either shocked or as if he expected Myers to be gone. Carpenter had him play it both ways and use the one that he felt worked better.
1: That's cool. Which I feel like makes sense. I feel like Wes Craven would do the same thing.
0: Well, yeah, we, well, he couldn't even decide what to do with Dewey and he kept having him die and not die, so right. I could see that. But it makes sense to shoot it both ways if you're like, I'm not sure how I'm feeling about it, we'll see when we edit it.
1: All right, makes make sense. it, a, do it in post.
0: To this day, one of the most frequent things people say to Jamie Lee Curtis about this film is, Why did you throw away the knife? So,
1: yeah. I wonder what her response to. I don't know.
0: I wonder what she says to you. I didn't have the response. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill have stated many times over the years that they did not consciously set out to depict virginity as a way of defeating a rampaging killer. As we know, from the series we just did yep. randy makes a big point of this yep
1: it's part but, of the rules
0: but john carpenter is saying no that's not what we were trying to do the reason the horny teens die is just because they're so preoccupied with getting laid that they don't notice there's a killer on the other hand laurie spends a lot of time on her own and is more alert to what's going on around her that's all it is he was sense. not trying to say anything about that so we will never get rid of this trope no it's Now in lexicon, but officially John Carpenter's like, no, we weren't trying to do that.
1: No, that makes sense. There you go.
0: There are numerous references to Carpenter's childhood hometown of Bowling Green, Kentucky.
1: I didn't know he was from there.
0: There you go. The performance of the film's musical score is credited to the Bowling Green Philharmonic. Nah. Okay. But there's no Philharmonic in Bowling Green. The orchestra is actually... Carpenter and so assor- and some assorted musical friends, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> in one scene, the subtitle depicts the location of Smith's Grove, Illinois. Smiths-, Smith's Grove is actually a small town of about 600 people located 15 miles north of Bowling Green on I-65.
1: You take that to go to Indiana. I you know, I-65. Oh. Yep.
0: there are also numerous references in Halloween to street names that are major roads in the greater Bowling Green area. So I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, that's the pretty harmonic
0: cool. thing is what killed me, though. It was It's not a thing. <laughs>
1: oh. Well, when you get as big as John Carpenter, you can, do whatever you can, make, you want. You can make it a thing.
0: Mm-hmm. John Carpenter was the voice of Annie's boyfriend, Paul, when she's talking on the phone.
1: Really? Okay. I yeah, know that. Uh-huh.
0: we hear on the phone talking to Lindsay and then to Annie. I thought that was pretty funny. It was actually John Carpenter. Donald Pleasance was so taken with the cast and crew being mainly comprised of young people in their early 20s, I was so enamored with the spirit on set of the film that when a scene involving him um, finished shooting, he would help everyone pack away the set to move to the next location.
1: That's pretty cool. Even though
0: he wasn't always positive about the movie in interviews, he was always a gentleman on set. And producer Deborah Hill later said that Pleasance was like the elder statesman on
1: set. That's pretty cool.
0: I was just like, oh, that's fun. He was like, let me help him pack me- up. And- he's the
1: highest paid actor, number uh-huh. one. He's the most successful actor, mm-hmm. but he's down to earth. He actually will be like, Let me help you pack up. Yeah. And those are the actors when you're actually shooting a movie that you want. That you want on set. For sure.
0: When Lori walks home after school and hears scary screams of trick-or-treaters, she walks near the house next door. The car out front is using the same license plate as the stolen station wagon that Michael is driving. Apparently it reads five nine H dash three nine zero. I did not know I definitely did not pick up on that.
1: I bet people do they're like oh man this is the same Mm -hmm. I'm sure they do
0: here's something fun for you when Lori and Annie start to walk away from the hedge where they well where Lori sees Michael Myers Mm -hmm. it's about 25 minutes and it's specifically 25 minutes and 12 seconds in to the movie you can see two guys standing up on the porch of the house behind the hedge on the right
1: because they were
0: they're not supposed to be there. Yeah,
1: They're at the other house watching them. They're film not movie. extras.
0: They're just like, what's going on? They're filming a movie. That, Let me check this out.
1: That would be so me.
0: I would be. And Bobby I would, would be in that so background.
1: Cl- I'd get closer to that. I'd be like, oh, like what's peeking, going on? You'd see him peeking around guy. the hedge.
0: I would be that guy. He'd be literally like sticking his head around the hedge. Looking. I think
1: they're filming a movie. <laughs> I would, I'd go get a sign and something like that. Hello. Oh, that's
0: hilarious. Oh, my gosh. For Halloween 2017, which we will get to that. Not this round, not this round, but it's coming. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of Nine Inch Nails covered the main themes of the movie. So this is for the 2017 version. At the time of release on the 13th of October, Reznor wrote the following statement on his Facebook. I clearly remember my friends and I at 13 years old, coming to our parent, conning our parents and to letting us see Halloween when it came out in 1978. We left the theater forever changed. We were damaged and scarred with the shit genuinely scared out of us. And that theme stuck firmly in our heads. (laughs) John Carpenter, it's your fault that I turned out the way I did. (laughs) That's funny. That had me cracking up. That made me laugh. John Carpenter probably enjoyed that too.
1: I'm sure he did.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nancy Stevens, who played the nurse accompanying Dr. Loomis at the start of the film, later went on to marry Rick Rosenthal, who's the director of Halloween Two. Yep. So fun fact for you there at three minutes and 54 seconds into the film the lights go off upstairs where michael's sister and boyfriend are the boyfriend is heard saying goodnight to her from the stairs at the five minute mark leaving one minute and six seconds for them to have done it
1: well maybe he's just fast
0: one minute what the fuck And I always thought when I watched that, I'm like, I feel like this goes by really fast. for everything going on. And there you go. One minute, one minute, six
1: seconds, you know, maybe it was a quickie,
0: apparently very
1: quick. Get on, get off, get out. Boom. You got to do that before the parents get home.
0: Well, they did it. John Carpenter considered the hiring of Jamie Lee Curtis as the ultimate tribute to Alfred Hitchcock, who had given her mother, Janet Lee, the legendary status in psycho as we said. During the same period, Universal Studio producers and director Richard Franklin were trying to enroll Jamie Lee in the new production of Psycho 2. I'm
1: glad she didn't do that.
0: Oh, so there you go. The original script was titled The Babysitter Murders.
1: Okay. I don't know if you knew that. I did.
0: It had the events take the originally the events took place over several days. It was a budgetary decision to change the script to have everything happen the same day. Doing yeah. this reduced the number of costume changes and locations that were required. And it was decided that Halloween, the scariest night of the year, was the perfect night for this to happen. Right. That was a good decision. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. The story is based on an experience John Carpenter had in college touring a psychiatric hospital. Carpenter met a child who stared at him with a look of evil and it terrified me.
1: Didn't you? What you, in the didn't world? Didn't you do a
0: psycho or a. I didn't have any. Inst- children i had no children stare at me into my soul you're a pharmacist
1: so you had to do a rotation for that
0: i i did that was one of my electives
1: weren't you like behind
0: there's one safety one area where you had to sit in a glassed in yeah office
1: and how was that were you creeped out
0: Um, it wasn't too bad because most of the patients were okay i mean some of them like would ask questions and you kind of have to like repeat yourself over and over again why because you know they just didn't understand okay you know they were down there for a reason okay but a lot of them were fine honestly I think there was like one time there was like an issue with someone kind of acting out but okay yeah it wasn't it no. wasn't crazy
1: so you nobody shackled to the floor and you're like oh, I did man. not see that no no that's no. funny no
0: evil children no
1: mm-hmm. no evil children
0: john carpenter approached peter cushing and christopher lee to play the role of dr sam loomis which obviously went to donald pleasance but both turned him down due to the low pay lee later said it was the biggest mistake he'd ever made in his career i'm sure yeah i could see that after all this blew up yeah although john carpenter had originally hoped to get as we said peter cushing or christopher lee to play dr loomis he was thrilled when donald pleasance accepted because he was a huge fan Pleasance was easily the oldest and most experienced person on the production. So understandably, Carpenter was quite intimidated when they met the first time. Pleasance actually started by saying, I don't know why I'm in this movie and I don't know who my character is. The only reason I'm doing this movie is because I have alimony to pay and my daughter in England is in a rock and roll group. (laughs) And she said the music you did for Assault on Precinct 13 is cool.
1: Well, that's cool. i
0: mean cracking up. Although Pleasants asked Carpenter difficult questions about his character, he turned out to be a good humored, big hearted individual, and the two became great friends. And obviously, Pleasance went on to appear in two other Carpenter films. But oh my gosh, that just cracks me up the way he's like, listen, I don't understand what I'm doing here, I don't know what's going on but this is why I, have I alimony to pay and my daughter thinks you made cool music so well that's
1: cool that's a good stamp oh my daughter thinks you're dope
0: there you go there you go daughter approves the character michael myers was named after the european distributor of carpenter's previous film as we said assault on precinct 13 who had entered that film into a british movie contest and it won first prize and became a bigger success than in the usa the naming was kind of a weird Thank you for the film's overseas success, although Mr. Myers reportedly joked that he technically was owed royalties for the use of his name.
1: <laughs> and did you ever see Assault on Precinct 13? I have not seen that, no. That's actually a really good movie.
0: I have not. Well, I assume it won it first place we'll over there. We'll have to watch that. Added to the list. As the film was made in the spring, the crew had difficulty also not only with the leaves, but also with getting pumpkins. I'm sure. Makes sense. Only three were obtained. So the scene where one is broken on the ground had to be done one take. Wow. The crew later got another type of green pumpkin and just painted it orange.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I mean do what you gotta do, right? Yeah. This movie, Halloween, was selected in two thousand six for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. Wow. No, so there that means
1: it's gonna be in like that secret bunker yeah in the hills wherever
0: they put stuff and
1: that they're gonna have a copy of this so if the nukes go off Halloween
0: Halloween Halloween's gonna be safe Halloween will survive all right so this is something we have discussed Michael the fact that Michael Myers could drive a car despite he the fact that he was committed to an asylum at the age of six right Mm -hmm. the first movie novelization came up with a simple but effective explanation when Dr Loomis drove Michael to the hearings over the years Michael simply just watched very carefully how he operated the car. So, cause you know, there he could see. So even though Michael was in the back seat and there was like that bulletproof glass in between, mm-hmm. it was see-through so he could see everything that the doctor was doing. Right. Alternatively, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers in 1995 provides a retroactive explanation to this question, which we will get to, we'll yes. get to that Halloween movie.
1: Yes, we will. But
0: there's one theory out there for you that he just watched. I don't...
1: That's probably the best
0: I feel like it scenario. makes sense, you know? I could see that. But... Deborah Hill worked on this movie for no salary, but earned a percentage of the profits. As the film grossed in excess of $70 million, this proved to be high, high, uh, highly lucrative for her. Really? Yeah. So good decision, Deborah. Good,
1: Hill. Good for her.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. After viewing Carpenter's film Assault on Precinct 13 at the milan film festival independent film producer erwin yablons and financier mustafa akad sought out carpenter to direct a film for them about a psychotic killer that stalked babysitters in an interview with Fangora, fangoria magazine Yablans stated i was thinking that would make sense in the horror genre and what i wanted to do was make a picture that had the same impact as the exorcist
1: and which he did true
0: Carpenter and his then girlfriend, Deborah Hill, began drafting the story originally titled, as we said, The Babysitter Murders. But Carpenter told Entertainment Weekly that Yablin suggested setting the movie on Halloween night and naming it Halloween instead. There you go. So it was a big combination of things that got us to where we were. Yeah. Carpenter received $10,000 for directing, writing, and composing the music, retaining rights to 10% of the film's profits.
1: Bet you like that? Again, now.
0: smart move. Smart move. Yeah. Carpenter hired Tommy Lee Wallace as the production designer, art director, location scout, and co-editor. Lots of hats for Wallace. He, Wallace, created the trademark mask worn by Michael Myers throughout the film. And as we said, the Captain Kirk mask was very cheap. It looks like it actually cost $1.98. We said around a dollar. This says $1.98. Mm-hmm.
1: You always got to pay the tax, man.
0: Yep. And Nick Castle earned $25 a day for his work
1: now he probably gets paid a lot more.
0: I have a feeling that Castle makes a little bit more money now. Yes.
1: Just a little bit. Yes.
0: So do you want me to share some quotes? Yeah. From the movie? So Loomis, when talking about Michael Myers says, I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank pale emotionless face and the blackest eyes the devil's eyes i spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because i realized that what i was that was living because i realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply
1: evil that is the most iconic line lines in the Halloween franchise yeah
0: when he's explaining about Michael Myers Mm -hmm. it really sets the tone yeah Sheriff Brackett says it's Halloween everyone's entitled to one good good scare scare. I love that line and Lori famously says it was the boogeyman to which Loomis replies as a matter of fact it was Lindsay says, at one point, I'm scared, to which Lori replies, there's nothing to be scared of. Tommy asks, are you sure? Lori nods and Tommy says, how? Lori replies, I killed him, to which Tommy says, but you can't kill kill the the boogeyman. And he was right. Always right, because he never does.
1: He never dies.
0: And this one I threw in here because we referenced this in Scream. Lori tells Tommy Tommy unlock the door come here now you listen to me I want you to go down the stairs and out the front door I want you to go down the street to the McKinsey's house I want you to tell them to call the police and tell them to send them over here now do you understand me go do as I say and they reference this in Scream yep yeah when they reference going to the McKinsey's
1: to call the police yep after Casey gets Casey it gets got. Mm-hmm. yes she there does
0: all right. Before we jump into my last section, what do you think about this movie?
1: I love it. It's iconic. You can't it is. can't have Halloween. You can't view the Halloween season without seeing Halloween. Michael Myers.
0: Yes. I mean,
1: we'll pop this on year round. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those most iconic pictures you have to see. I agree.
0: It mm-hmm. sucks
1: you from start to finish. There's not a downtime.
0: I mean, it does move very slow, but as we said, it's all about Building what you character. anticipate, what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, Lori's looking out the window and she sees Michael Myers and then he disappears and then repeatedly that happens to right. her right. and everyone thinks she's crazy. She sees him by the the, the bushes and right. then he disappears. Like, first of all, how the fuck does he move that fast though?
1: Exactly. Michael like
0: slowly walks everywhere, but he just disappears into thin air yes. constantly. It's pretty funny. Yes. Yes. And then when it's Annie that yells at him in the car, right? Uh-huh. When he's doing speed kills. I'm just yeah. like, who does that?
1: Who would actually do that? And then he Gee stops.
0: Louise. Yeah. So and you're like, oh, no.
1: Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> here
0: it comes. But the whole when he finally gets to them and starts killing them towards the end of the movie. I mean, that's pretty iconic. The way he yeah. like you said he kills Bob by he's up on the wall. Right. It's Pretty insane.
1: Towards the end, it definitely moves faster. Yeah, it but- picks up the power suggestion you mm-hmm. have to build up the characters usually i don't like slow moving mm-hmm. movies but this is so iconic that it builds the stepping stones
0: mm-hmm. exactly
1: to make the character great
0: yeah and then when he's finally in the house with Lori, it's so intense with her trying to get away and then she hides in the closet and just the way he just the
1: way breaks. they do that yeah that's more in uh but yeah that that's when he's stabbing her through the yeah he just breaks into the the closet
0: and she takes the hanger and and stabs him yeah and mm
1: -hmm. pokes him in the eye Mm -hmm. and then you see the blood dripping out Mm -hmm. that's great yeah it makes you feel like you're right there and you're struggling for your life
0: yeah and it seems so realistic the way it is too because that's like literally, when you watch this movie, I know she's gonna get the hanger, but that's in my head too. I'm like, get a hanger, get a hanger. There's a wire hanger right there.
1: Right, right. Get it, get right. it.
0: Attack him because you think the same thing. Like, what would I do in that situation? And the closet is so small and mm-hmm. cramped. And it's it just adds to the scariness. Yeah. And then when she thinks he's dead, and he's not. Yep. Comes back to life. Yeah. Oh, but i i like the setup and i think they did this movie even sets up dr loomis yeah you know he seems crazy but he's he's the most sane out of everybody
1: he's such the iconic character Mm -hmm. with michael myers laurie strode those three characters go down in infancy with this movie
0: so yeah they're all so iconic and you just can't think of Halloween season, like you said, without thinking of all of them. Right. And they said Jamie Lee Curtis up as the scream queen, even though she took a break from it for a little while. But it's just, yeah, it's epic.
1: Yeah. yeah. And now it's it's crazy that we're getting ready to in twelve days Halloween ends comes when
0: we film this. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh.
1: When we film this
0: mm-hmm.
1: in twelve days from now, Halloween ends comes, mm-hmm. and we'll let we got tickets to opening night
0: we will be there so
1: we're very, that's next
0: that's the next,
1: not this friday but next friday mm-hmm. well it's the
0: the 13th i believe in the evening that we're going is that correct
1: possibly i thought it was the 14th i think it I think actually it is the, the 13th i think
0: yeah the 13th
1: because you don't work that late
0: october 13th oh five p.m
1: we will be there. We uh,
0: will be there to see this movie.
1: I'm going to dress up as Michael Myers. I'm he sure has little, the costume. I'm sure a lot of people are going to do that.
0: He has the costume. So I'm mm-hmm.
1: super excited to see this movie.
0: And actually, so this episode should have released about two weeks after Michael Myers' the Halloween Ends came out. So definitely let us know what you think of the yeah. new series. We'll be getting into those movies soon. Soon, Soon as soon as we can, with all these, there's a lot of Michael Myers movies to get through. But we will be getting into these movies for sure. Yes, definitely. And I'm excited to see what they're doing with the most recent trilogy.
1: Yeah, because movies because endings suck.
0: Jamie Lee Curtis has been like hella promoting this.
1: Yeah, and that's one of her most iconic things.
0: Yes, I love it. I'm here for her promotions. Oh, my gosh. But so. she's been doing such a great job on social media. I just, she's got the hype.
1: If this is really her last one, I wonder who's going to be able to take the mantle over. I
0: don't know. I mean, they've tried off and on with different characters. I I don't if, think they've worked as well, but.
1: Michael Myers is not going to die after this one. We're going to have to try something.
0: At the end of the day, for me, though, like, you know, you go to see Michael Myers just to watch Michael Myers kill people. And yeah. if he's doing that. That's okay it's a it's Michael Myers movie I'm okay
1: right right
0: that's that's you know don't give them feelings don't make it weird just just yeah just have them out there slashing people that's it
1: uh absolutely
0: so speaking of since we're speaking of the timelines and whatnot do we want to break down the Halloween timelines because this is the most fucking confusing franchise yes I swear I swear to you so all right in 2021 they did release a remastered restored version of the 1978 halloween just in case you haven't seen it that's part of Lionsgate. okay okay? the sequels from universal pictures are still part of the universal catalog and then there's miramax period sequels that are actually owned by paramount now so when you're trying to look for all these movies it's a little confusing too about where to find
1: them okay
0: because it's like peacock and paramount yeah it's just it's a lot so good luck trying to find them we just own the movies we, yeah we i just, would suggest that for these
1: just buy the dvd yeah. set all
0: right so timeline number one we're gonna have three timelines in this timeline number one we have these films halloween 1978 halloween 2 1981 halloween 4 the return of michael myers which was released in 1988 halloween 5 the revenge of michael myers from 1989 And Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers from 1995. Okay. There's your timeline. A timeline that you have there. Okay. So in this one, we have, obviously, you know, the first two movies, you know, slash whatever, kill. And then we've got Laurie is dead. Mm -hmm. And she has a daughter. Yeah. And the daughter is being stalked by Michael Myers. And then the daughter is like, I don't know. They kind of wandered off with this. I don't really care for honestly I don't Besides really care the this first, timeline too much but
1: the first two movies in this were great and then the timeline kind of went off I'm not just, saying that there there weren't good movies but it just got confusing
0: I didn't understand Convoluted. the daughter like she's kills or whatever she does to the stepmom I guess she doesn't kill her I don't know attacks the stepmom but then it's like in the next one she's not a psycho killer which I think would have been better to have her be like right on michael's side if you're going that route right and they don't do that and we'll get into that but i just i don't really care for the timeline, yeah definitely and at the end of the day it's it's okay but i don't yeah all right timeline number two so we have halloween 1978 halloween 1981 then we go to halloween h20 20 years later 1998 and halloween resurrection from 2002.
1: you can see that
0: i don't mind this timeline
1: that that's actually a pretty good timeline. yeah
0: I, I like this timeline. yeah I'm okay with this that. one and we just we just entered this timeline actually when our rewatch yes yeah so we're in the midst of this one then we have the final timeline number three which is our newest one so again Halloween 1978 Halloween two and then we jump to Halloween 2018 this is key here okay this is the first one where they do not acknowledge Halloween two it doesn't exist okay. to that they skip a lot of movies but this is how this timeline works this one also skips Halloween too. So remember that. So you have Halloween 1978, then Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills 2021, and our finale, which we have not seen yet, Halloween oh, yes. ends this year, 2022.
1: Okay, okay. that makes sense. Yeah. What do you so, think of that timeline?
0: I like these new movies.
1: Yeah, I, don't,
0: I am about this.
1: I don't have, have any problems with the, the last two timelines. Yeah.
0: I mean, people complain about the last one, Halloween Kills. I guess, with the storyline and stuff, but I'm like,
1: it was a middle
0: movie. I mean,
1: sophomore movies are always hard to do.
0: Well, and you had the beginning, which was setting up everything, and you're just like, oh my God, like what happened, the fire and all that. Mm -hmm. But you know, the second one, they got to kind of be like, okay, well, he didn't really die. This is why he didn't die. Kind of set the tone for the finale. So you know... It's not going to be the best movie of the series, of the trilogy.
1: Right. It's, it's not. It's just to lay the groundwork, the middle groundwork. Exactly.
0: Work. The ending had a lot going on right at the end of the movie. That's when a lot of the action happened. But I don't, I still liked the movie. Yeah,
1: I, don't think- I did. I've, I have not had a problem with the newer mm-hmm. Michael Myers movies. And
0: I'm excited for Halloween ends. Me too. To see what they did.
1: So after you see it, let us know what you think.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Last thing we're going to do, and then we're going to get out of here okay trivia
1: sure let's have some trivia. all
0: right i was not prepared did not have them right out so we are going to do this off my phone
1: off her phone
0: all right when annie was getting ready to leave to go see paul what did she forget and end up going back in the house for
1: i have no idea her Her keys keys? okay
0: yeah she couldn't get into her car because she forgot her keys and she went back for them and you know michael was waiting in the car and he killed her her, and so it was a whole thing all right when Tommy got in trouble for claiming to see the boogeyman outside again and for scaring Lindsay, he said, very sadly, nobody believes me. But what did Lindsay say back? I believe you. I believe you, Tommy. Yep. hmm. Good job, Lindsay, because he was right. He was super you right. should have
1: listened to him.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you kept crying about the boogeyman, Lori, you should have been listening to him. Well, as I was going to ask you this, and we kind of already talked about this. When Lori was hiding from Michael Myers in the closet, what object did she use in self-defense? The hanger. Yep, the clothes hanger. We already kind of said that. So, spoiler. And how many times did Lori think that she herself had killed Michael Myers?
1: At least twice.
0: Uh-huh, that's right. Lori oh, tried two times to kill Michael Myers. First, she struck him in the neck with a knitting needle yeah that's pretty epic good try good yeah. try you would have thought that would have worked and then the second time she stabbed him with his own knife and each time she thought she had killed him but no nope. me and michael myers he always got back up
1: you can't kill the man.
0: and then loomis shot michael six times didn't matter <laughs> he's still he, you really have to clock,
1: cryogenically freeze him and then blow him up to yeah. get him going
0: yeah there's mm, yeah it. yeah he 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 comes back spoiler alert
1: spoiler alert he's, all he, he's coming back
0: yeah. so that's all i've got we love this movie
1: absolutely highly recommend
0: it, it. yes i think it's a great time yeah it's a good slow burn for a horror movie to get set up and i'm excited to get into the next ones because john carpenter definitely has some feelings about the second movie yeah and i don't mind the second movie i don't know how you feel about it but i don't
1: mind it either yeah i'm excited to hear what yeah. he has to say about it
0: yeah not as thrilled going into the second one because this and we will be able to explain that mysterious halloween three which makes no fucking sense in the timeline of michael myers right no, yeah we'll, we'll get into that too
1: all right well thank you for checking out our first episode yes. of halloween Woo. definitely like subscribe comment Helps okay. out a small channel. Please,
0: please.
1: Definitely follow us on Instagram, mm-hmm. Robert nineteen fifty Studios, or mm-hmm. at Boogeyman Pod and
0: mm-hmm. the same, Liam,
1: or at Limitless Broadcasting.
0: Yes, please. Yep. All right. We will see you next time for a Halloween Tuesday. two.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at boogeymanpod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert1950studios and at TheSamitLamb. We also have a TikTok at 1950studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week.